gives us a holistic overview on this particular subject matter. So let's get started. Thank you for listening to Fin Circle and welcome to our podcast. Empathy is an act that encourages one to put themselves in another person's shoes. It also urges one to think and feel from another perspective. This particular trait serves as a driving force to remind every individual of the need to remain humane. However, this is only applicable in real-life interactions and we need to make an active effort to ensure that our increasing digital presence incorporates this trait as well in order to create a wholesome digital environment. 
We have heard of numerous cases where individuals complain that their interaction with someone online backfired or didn't play out as planned. And this could be due to someone faking their identity, for instance, or giving inaccurate information, or simply being insensitive to others' people's opinion online. This sort of experience can often lead to a downward spiral, and it can cause individuals on the receiving end to develop trust issues or feel as if their privacy has been violated. This sort of scenario is exactly where the concept of digital empathy comes into play. The term on its own is quite self-explanatory. But in more easy terminology, it refers to one's ability to treat the internet or digital or online environment and those using it with caution and thoughtfulness. One can also say it refers to an individual's cognitive ability to strategically use digital media, for instance. Therefore, remaining socially responsible while using digital media becomes an obligation of all digital media consumers. As regular users, they should be fully aware of the pros and cons as well as the risk factors associated with creating an online presence. Whether it's a Facebook, Twitter, or an online shopping site, it is uh, crucial that you, as a user, understand the weight of the responsibility on your shoulders. So once you start practicing digital empathy, your online behavior will be such as to never harm someone else, emotionally or otherwise. You will never post something or comment on someone else's work in a harsh manner. Because if you choose to empathize, you will instantly think about how the same thing would affect you. Learning to understand and communicate emotions in a digital context is essential. So what's more important is understanding the consequences of all our actions. Well, the internet is a vast medium which has the power to connect people from all over the world. Meaning that once you post something out there, you cannot control who can access, share, or spread it. So a small way to start checking yourself and your online persona is by being mindful. Think about everything you post before you post it 
uh, as they say, there's no point in crying over spilled milk if you don't bother thinking about the consequences of your actions before committing those actions. Well, in case of some individuals, it may be difficult for them to tune in to how people will respond to things uh, and in the fact that the way they may feel about a certain matter doesn't mean that the other person has to perceive it the same manner and therefore it is essential to talk about the importance of remaining non-judgmental both online and offline and ensuring that students for instance know that their classroom is a safe space to explore their feelings we believe that stressing on digital empathy for the new generation is important as their primary socialization is now a mixture of family gatherings educational settings and internet exposure while all of this does help with empowering children and young people we must still make a conscious effort to use technology responsibly respectfully critically creatively and genuinely furthermore we can realize that digital empathy also happens when companies or corporate organizations listen to customer behavior across channels and learn from each individual engagement and apply their knowledge to improve this what we call customer's digital experience so in customer service empathy is the ability to have meaningful interactions with your customers or even employees to connect with their feelings even if you are unable to resolve their problem so in summary one of the most effective ways to show digital empathy is not to only understand your audience but to provide and share with them information that is relevant to their needs in today's podcast episode we'll be talking to miss karen chupay a seasoned financial technology executive and a digital customer experience leader from paris france as she shares with us her relevant takeaways on digital empathy and customer experience. Bonjour, Karen, and it's an honor and privilege to have you, and welcome to FinCircle. Hello, Edgar. Thank you very much for having me, and best greetings from Paris. Let's probably start by defining on what is digital empathy on customer experience, and why does it matter? This is a very interesting starting point, Edgar. What do we mean by digital empathy on customer experience? My reflections on this are twofold. 
The attention to digital empathy has probably appeared thanks to social media, its upsides and pitfalls over the past years. It has taken its tolls and the need of starting to review a new form of moral hazard and responsible behaviors has become a must, which now is finally also reflected on other business areas such as financial technology and digitalization. Here I have observed, however, an interesting evolution. At one point in time, there's been an inconsistent trend leading to increased lack, or let's say a gap in managing customer experience as such with the necessary empathy that has lasted for several years. If we look back into the past, from the 90s, financial technology platforms started to make their way into capital markets, replacing manual interventions and rendering operations more efficient. Data availability and technology gradually introducing automated processing, position keeping, double validation, optimization of results. It was then driven by the need for speed and accuracy in the trading rooms. Several startup companies succeeded in introducing new standards. Very often, this came along with the passion of the founders, often ex-traders, putting the clients first and designing, implementing and supporting systems to the benefit of the financial institutions. Over time, however, these startup firms tended to grow, scale, merge and expand into large groups providing fintech solutions to the financial markets worldwide. Little by little optimizing their own costs, outsourcing and building up the so-called centers of excellence with diverse outcomes, I think, as we have observed. Overall, there was a tendency of decreasing focus on the customer's lens and requirements. The turning point has probably started after changes in the buying criteria by financial institutions driven through the crisis and followed by the evolution of the markets and competition between a consolidating smaller number of global players, as well as modernization of technology, which have led to a slow shift into refocused attention to what matters to the customers. Customer success has then started to become a buzzword. Marketing took the lead in performing net promoter score surveys and data research and attention-grabbing publicity to realize what seems to be the most important and obvious point that the clients are ultimately paying the bills, serving as references and cementing the current and future success and sustainability of any company. Over the past couple of years, slowly but surely, more and more companies are uncovering that what has still been missing is the end-to-end -end customer lifecycle focus and realization that a client does not develop trust and confidence if a vendor only comes in when there's a fire burning or a new deal around the corner and that marketing and service alone do not address this. The digitalization area or era reinforced in the last pandemic has now brought both new challenges as well as opportunities to prove customer care and reinforce that trend. On the one hand, technology enabled knowledge bases offering self-service articles to address reoccurring questions and problems like chatbots and other tools can tremendously increase efficiency in customer service and support, whilst it can also lead to frustration. Marketing reach out to clients can be more customized and effective making them feel more special and saving time. But it can also lead to an overflow of information or mistrust in behaviors being observed and monitored and data being exploited. To me, it comes down to a question of understanding the balance of utility and desired outcomes, listening to the customer's voice, understanding their priorities, bringing in innovation, but continuously adjusting to the different needs and preferences is a must. How does the digital customer journey, Karen, adopt on the ever-changing market and high customer demands? 
So over the past few years and boosted by the pandemic, we have seen an accelerated race towards digitalization across businesses and industries. At the same time, cloudification, platformication, accessibility of data and easier replaceable services have augmented the competition in the fintech space and led to legacy companies starting to care about customer experience in a more focused and advanced way. So on the one hand, we have the phenomenon of driving customer self-service and automation. Artificial intelligence tools like machine learning capabilities and translation services provide immense opportunities to render support and services more effective, more efficient and reduce response and resolution times. How does, however, meet the client's expectations and different skill sets and preferences? How to assure that there is the right balance between online support and the human touch that can be crucial in the perception of quality customer service, let alone in the response to an urgent system failure of a mission critical software. What is needed is a customer segmentation and setting up a framework to make sure that for most cases and in line with local and regional cultures and expectations, the right mix of customer service is available. Where appropriate, additional services should be offered at a price that clients will be willing to pay if they require and appreciate a more personalized service. Let us not forget that the customers we face as a software vendor typically has his or own internal business clients and external customers with immense pressure on systems availability and accuracy of services. Outside of a crisis and to assure an ongoing and trustworthy client vendor relationship, a framework is needed to provide a holistic view, due diligence and expertise to drive advanced ways of managing customer experience through every step of the customer lifecycle. Mistakes in customer experience or success in taking it seriously will be less and less tolerated. The software providers are getting more and easier replaceable and the change driven by the new challenger banks and pure mobile banks will transform the way financial markets technology will need to adapt. Marketing leaders, uh, Karen, often talk about putting customers first. But the reality is 42% of companies don't even ask for any feedback. According to a McKinsey survey in 2019, from which customers can sense the disconnect, how do we proactively seek out and prevent broken experiences long before they drive customers away? Yeah, that's a surprising figure that uh, provided by McKinsey, isn't it? Um, to my experience, even the companies that do reach out, and I expect actually in the fintech sector, this to be higher than the 40% you quote, it is the quality of the survey and most importantly, the follow-up that matters. The NPS or not net promoter score is one indicator. And to be fair, it has shaken up the industry to start thinking seriously about listening to the customer voice, but it is not sufficient. There needs to be constant connection with the client. I mentioned, I think, the customer health index before, or effort score, a sort of indexation and alert mechanism throughout the customer journey. That is what is needed. Services are important too, but they need to be well-planned, timed and completed with information that is already available out of the customer relationship management system and with the human experience on the grounds. Collective intelligence as a combination of data with human knowledge including years of experience from account managers, support consultants, et cetera, is the key to setting up a successful customer experience journey and ask the client only about the topics we don't already have the answer to. Example, a client has gone through a difficult period, a system failure or a market event, we need to understand how we as the vendor dealt with it and help him or her to solve it. Did they feel we were in it together? 
what needs to be addressed to get it done even better going forward. Follow-up and continuity is the basis to ex execute a meaningful and impactful customer survey on both positive and negative feedback. Other means of listening to your client proactively need to come along as well, including user groups, customer advisory boards, and other advisory programs. Industry studies prove that on average, a software application is being used to less than 30% of the capabilities of the product board, and it tends to decrease over time. The so-called software efficiency drift, which exactly describes this phenomenon, can be addressed proactively with focused software adoption programs. I personally have seen a significant shift in customer satisfaction, retention, and extended utilization and upsells as a result of this. Well, creativity is essential, uh, Karen. So is uh, operational excellence. How do we manage and balance its uh, realistic expectations? Well, creativity, or I probably would better call it adaptability, so thinking out of the box, can only lead to the desired outcome over time if operational excellence is the basis and a constant improvement. So let us not forget that the customer we face as a software vendor typically is the IT department facing their own internal business clients and external customers. So over time, they have built up high internal skill sets and the standards that they are expecting from their technology provider that are constantly rising. So software as a service increases the service level that has to be provided to yet another scale. But creativity and spontaneity can still reign in a startup environment and it needs to. It is imperative to get a sound operational structure and process in place in order to be able to scale and not risk customers or opportunities falling through the grids. I recently spoke with several successful technology startup firms and the tenor is everywhere the same. Dropping every other activity as soon as a client had a severity issue or major crisis, putting the whole management team behind the resolution. This very much speaks for true customer centricity, but it cannot work out in the long run and with the number of customers and challenges rising and when scaling the organization. Based on the recent survey conducted by Boston Consulting Group, indicates that 67% of customers will pay more for a great experience. How do you think this will influence strategic direction in the long term? I'm personally a true believer that this has always been the case, at least in the past, let's say, 10 to 15 years when pressure from investors, uh, whether it be private equity or, or shareholders, started to reign among the established fintech firms and focus drifted away from the initial startup's customer care to new names and big tickets. Customers sometimes had to learn the hard way that once they had the system implemented and up and running and they were paying annual maintenance fees, the attention of their software vendors moved on. So particular programs offering a more localized and personalized service or premium service started to gain grants again. And financial institutions became willing to pay the extra price for a service that would better support their business and their customers, especially when needed most. FinTech companies, however, had, have had challenges adopting to that as the mindset has still been to go after new names and ones of deals. With the world turning now more into subscription mode, into cloud service offers, and hence more replaceable solutions, combined with a realization that is so much more costlier and more challenging to gain a new name than treating well your existing clients, we see more and more premium or extended support services emerging. I would expect the pricing model in the industry to shift more towards a personalized billing 
in line with expectations, existing skill sets, and desired investment or willingness to utilize self-service on the client side. There are several tools to measure customer experience, uh, Karen, but the challenge is how to properly interpret the data analytics behind it so as to minimize, if not totally avoid, prejudices or biases. There is, in fact, an increasing number of tools and companies proposing measurement of customer experience, indeed. It ranges from simple ticket follow-up surveys to regular net promoter scores and platforms helping to design and deliver the desired customer outcomes. I believe that whatever platform or tool you choose, the most important is to understand what data you have, what needs to be cleaned or cleansed to improve, and what outcome you want to achieve as a company. I have implemented several forms of customer health or effort index with well thought through input from the different divisions across the customer lifecycle. And then it is possible to set and assign the parameters to match the company strategy with the desired outcome while keeping a human eye on the interpretation of data. There's a lot of buzz at the moment about unintended artificial intelligence, machine learning, leading to biased outcomes. And I think that is a real issue that needs to be addressed. I do know that institutions like the European Union, the UNESCO have started looking into this for the sake of equality in our societies. And I'm sure that most governments are putting this onto their agenda as well. Overall, machine learning should only be used as one tool to decision-making. It is very important to imply also collective intelligence. So together with human intervention to bring in the big picture, prioritize and avoid any bias if it may occur out of data analytics. I understand that we have some challenges on customer engagement during the pandemic situation. But what is our significant takeaways from these experiences? Well, at first sight, and that's human, we mostly see the challenges and have been quite a lot since uh, the end of 2019. But over time, I think most people in business have realized the huge opportunities as well. Whilst clients would have insisted on personal meetings and execute executives flying in for a crisis. We now have learned that a lot can be handled remotely and situations can be de-escalated with a video conference as well. Travels will not disappear and should not as personal context can be crucial in building and stabilizing business relationships. But there will be more reasoning behind the necessity of traveling, I guess. Online help and self-service have become even more important features to provide. Other ways of reaching out to customers have gained attention as well, such as virtual user groups, and an increasing interest in webinars, podcasts, and industry-relevant topics. This is a trend that I see to remain and expand. And yet, in view of our topic today, digital empathy also means reaching out to clients proactively in a reasonable manner, meaning not sending an overflow of information or posting endless hours of videos and webinars, but being focused and specific, giving opt-out possibilities and creating communities to share and benefit from peers' experience and choosing the information they do want to get themselves. From your perspective, Karen, what are the things that we are doing effectively well and things that we can still improve further with regards to our customer digital journey? I guess that is difficult to generalize. Um, there are a lot of companies out there starting to do a great job in connecting online with their clients introducing chatbots, giving other alternatives to conventional customer support. What is most important in the new way of reaching out to clients is to balance the opportunity to bring in automation and chatbots and a personal reach out when it is necessary. So 
machine learning can play a big role in optimizing this. Like in the B2C world and the tech touch segments within B2B, natural language processing and sentiment detection can help pick up a call of a client with a certain level of stress factor. In such a situation, a call could then immediately switch over to support consultant picking up the phone. Clients already do appreciate self-service as long as the articles and the information bring the quality required to help them address their questions and issues in a timely manner. Many companies are yet not there and, and there's a gradual learning curve, I guess. In the B2C world, we see a lot of improvements in terms of efficiency, getting away from lengthy waiting times on the phone through chatbots, for instance. And yet I could give you a lot of recommendations to my favorite airline and, and bank on how to improve that further. In the B2B world, most notably in the FinTech space, this transformation is even more challenging. Client expect self-service and automation and proactive information on well-known challenges or issues. But when it comes to high severity issues, they still expect to get someone on the phone immediately, escalate to senior management and get regular updates. So companies need to be geared up to both serve different customer segments as well as cultural and geographical particularities with different services, including adaptation to situations according to their severities. Optimized triage can kick in, prioritize and canalize through the best available and skilled consultant and natural language processing can help identify stress situations to trigger immediate human intervention. Overall, I think each company needs to define and decide about the balance of artificial intelligence and human experts and experience and interactions, making the best out of collective intelligence and adapt to the situations as needed while building up a general framework. Given your wealth of experience uh, on digital customer experience, Karen, any word of advice that you can give with regards to this subject matter? Well, most importantly, I would encourage every company with a designated and sincere aim to improve customer experience digitally to step back, make this a leadership priority, live it top down with every single new decision to be taken and adapt to the corporate targets of profit and customer satisfaction. Too many are still making this lip service and marketing tool, but it is very obvious to both staff and customers that this is not followed through and authentic. Whilst everyone will understand careful analysis of costs and benefits between efforts and outcome, the message still needs to be in line with actions and results. Ultimately, a customer wants their vendors to have their back and they will be willing to pay more money for a premium service if they feel they get the value for what they invest into. So to achieve tangible results, key performance, in, in, sorry, key performance indices need to be assigned and aligned across divisions from pre-sales over sales, implementation teams, and customer support and success. And a true customer lifecycle and related customer health index or equivalent measures. Listen to your clients with service and follow through, which means not getting an automated email, thanking for feedback, but rather a personalized follow-up, potentially a call. And most importantly, analyze comments and work out actions and change where appropriate. Back, communicate back to your customer base and create communities. I like putting it forward in a, in a quite simple framework, which you can apply to the customer segment culture and situation where needed. First and foremost, show empathy when it's needed most. Be efficient to work through a challenge or a situation and prove continuity over time. Are there any initiatives that you're working with, Karen, 
that you would like to share with our podcast listening audience? And what are the most logical way of reaching out or contacting you? Well, to me, life is a constant learning, observing, adjusting. And I have just recently gone through an MIT course of relating AI to business implications, which has provided me with a great holistic view of what technology can provide today and what are still the myths. I've spent valuable time to work out an example on how a fintech company can benefit from diving into existing machine learning tools, supervised and unsupervised, meaning using known patterns or exploring the unknown, as well as natural language processing. Besides, I've actively embarked on youth and also specific girls-focused technology education programs. In France, for instance, the number of women studying IT is declining rather than increasing, which is worrying, as we know that a big play in the future workforce will be based on IT understanding and skills. It is important to demystify the related studies and open up interest and bring young people closer to what the potential of technology and also artificial intelligence brings about for the next generations. In addition, we have been talking about digital empathy. And in order to bring a balanced way of managing the ongoing transformation in our society and in the business sectors, a diversified workforce and leadership will be crucial to challenge the status quo, innovate, and find the right balance between human touch and benefits from technology. So I would be very pleased to get any related questions and embark on discussions about this complex and quite interesting topic that we are exploring today and living through on a daily basis. There's no right or wrong or black or white. Like most aspects in life, it's a long learning curve, but we better get prepared to get ahead of it. And most importantly, know and define what we want to achieve and walk towards it. I'd be very eager to get your thoughts, questions, critics. Please do reach out to me on LinkedIn. Well, thanks so much, Karen, for sharing us your valuable insights on digital empathy and customer experience. Wish you all the best and great success in the future. Thank you, Edgar. It was nice talking to you. Spotify.
Google Podcast, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Apple Podcast, Audible, Amazon Podcast, and Anchor.fm. You can also reach us on our website at pincircle.wordpress.com and our Facebook page at Pincircle Podcast. This concludes our podcast episode today. Thank you for listening on Pincircle. This is Ed Angeles. Let's catch up again soon.